Hello, Locked On Guardians listeners, fans, and uh, anyone else who may be joining for the draft content. We're going to get into the top two today on my big board. I want to thank you for making Locked On Guardians your first listen, free and available today and every day, everywhere it is you get podcasts. Uh, whatever service you use, you can get us there. It is the offseason, so I'm tra- in my mind, I always say every day, three days a week in the offseason, but you're still getting your content. Before we get into this, we have to, you know, the top two players left. Uh, yeah, as I was doing the write-up, I realized the top six of this entire list for me, uh, I guess outside of Chase the Louder, I wrote the whole thing up. Everyone else, five of the top six guys, all have massive bloodline connections, uh, you know, or, you know, the son of a coach, or they're related to someone who played pro sports or is playing uh, right now in, uh, you know, minor league baseball. We have to talk about the fact that Peyton Paulette, the, you know, I have him, let's see, my one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ninth rated college player. By the way, he was fifth on uh, Baseball Americas, if you want a uh, comparison. And in general, just the top, I think almost universally, the top pitching prospect in this year's draft is announced. We'll have Tommy John, Tommy John surgery and we'll miss the entire season. He's going to have it soon. But that just, it's a massive hit for a draft class that was already very weak in pitching. You know, Kumar Rocker isn't going to play for Vandy this year. Uh, He'll have some showcase opportunities and chances to show that he's perfectly healthy, but people are going to be scared to death of, you know, his injury. Connor Prelip of Alabama already dealt with his injury uh, that he had last year that's going to cause him to miss this year. Blake Tidwell, is he now your top healthy college arm? Maybe. Uh, When it comes to this class, it's, you know, Reggie Crawford I also talked about, who I believe uh, needed uh, Tommy John surgery as well. At least it was talked about. I should probably (laughs) double-check that. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, he is yet another, uh, you know, in this case, Peyton Paulette is another college starter in an extremely weak college starter class that is down with injury. Uh, It's it's a big hit, and, you know, we tend to – brush it off that it's always going to be fine and guys recover guys don't always recover matt crooks has never been the same pitcher since before his injury he just hasn't he never came all the way back uh, the athletic left-hander who i mean he was drafted i want to say as a supplemental first rounder out of high school and what when he came back after going to college it was like a fourth or fifth rounder didn't work out uh there are guys that does not work out for and then, in general, it's we can say it's not a big deal, but you know, last year, yes, Gunnar Hoagland went to the Jays, but if he had been healthy, he would have been a top 10 pick. He lost hundreds of thousands, maybe a million dollars by getting hurt, uh, and that was after he had a chance to showcase himself. Platt is, you know, it's it, the hard thing, too, for all of these guys in this situation. We just didn't have that freshman year. You know, there was that missed season due to COVID, uh, which means there's one year of data. And that's just brutal in this situation if you're someone who wants to go with that. The fact that he's undersized and had elbow issues last year to begin with that, you know, kind of scared some teams that he had those issues. You know, it's undersized guys who throw hard who already had an elbow issue and now need Tommy John. He's going to slide. He is definitely going to slide. This Hoagland didn't throw as hard and he was bigger. When you are a six foot one right hander, you already have to prove uh, yourself. I mean, Walker Bueller didn't even have significant injury and went about ten to fifteen picks later than originally expected. I mean, he had, he didn't have his best year as a junior, but it, part of it was his size and concerns about his frame and build. 
Palette, you have 61 innings right now. Because remember, there was only 11 starts last year because of the elbow issue. And he started the year out of the pen, I want to say, or at least he spent some time there. And the strikeout rate was good, but we were expecting almost a little bit better. And if you're an old school stat person, the fact that uh, he had an ERA over four, probably not your favorite fact. It's I think he's this is going to be a big tumble for a guy who I think was probably projected somewhere in the 10 to 15 range. I would kind of be surprised if he ends up going in the top 25 just due to, like I said, you combine the lack of um, lack of chances to see him size, the size velocity mix, and the issue concerns. Because again, those guys who throw really hard, we think in our minds that that's great that a guy's up to 99. But there's a lot more data showing that, uh, you know, good old force equals mass times acceleration, right? So the more acceleration you're putting on your uh, arm with those throws, the way you're, you know, I remember talking to my, uh, way back in the day, (laughs) talking to my buddy who's an astronomer now who's getting his PhD in physics. I'm like, is, is there any just, you know, can we use Newton's second law? That is Newton's second law, right? It's been a while uh, since I taught that. Uh, it was back in Ohio the last time I did anything with Newton's second law. But, you know, Newton's second law, does that maybe have with some of the torque that these guys are getting to get that velocity? And he's like, yeah, maybe. Because it is, you know, the there's some consistency and there's some things like that. So it, it's a big deal. The number one college pitcher needing Tommy John. And again, with his size and already having elbow concerns, teams were looking for reasons. Now, you draft him, you're going to have to pay him seven figures to not play for all of this season. Uh, to have missed now two, three years of development early on in his career. Um, and again, the production was good, but not great in college. Yeah, he was my number one starter. He was. And he was MLB's, and he was Baseball America's. But the fact of the matter is that uh, you know he's gonna he's gonna slide. We are all expecting kind of I think a big thing from him this year. He was the spin rate king. He had an absolutely uh, you know lethal combo there, and now now it's it's a big loss again. This is last year's class was loaded with college pitching. This year's class is very weak, and the guy who's I think universally the top college pitcher in this class. Has now been sidelined. Uh, this gives you know some other guys some opportunities. Keep your eye on uh, Bryce Hubart, who I already talked about from Florida State. Remember the, uh, the long history of the strikeout leader in the Cape doing quite well. But in all seriousness, when you go through these rankings that I've already talked about, you know we talked about Connor Prelip's injury. Blake Tidwell at Tennessee is is still you know he, he appears to be healthy. Last I checked, Hunter Barco, uh, Hubart, who I talked about, and that's Landon Sims as he transitions to starter. It's a rough group. I, I mean, I could go further down. Like, if I look at just my pure list, like Bryce Osmond, who's on there less because of what he's done in college and more because he was like a potential first or second rounder as a high school kid. Uh, if you're curious, he uh, was the Oklahoma, yeah, Oklahoma State. Uh, going further down, uh, Brandon Sport from Florida, another guy who went to Florida, didn't quite live up to the expectation. Adam Stone, Harvard, not your typical place. Spencer Jones, I still have listed as a left-handed pitcher. I liked him more as a pitcher than a first baseman when he was a high schooler, but I think he's only a first baseman now. Nate Savino, I haven't listed at Vandy here. I'm pretty sure he's at Virginia, and he is another guy who has not lived up to expectations. He was an early enroller, who I believe I had to the Indians in my way-too-early mock uh, before he early enrolled. Carter Rustad and Missouri. Eric Adler's the next week. Forest Arm. Devereaux Harrison, Long Beach State. 
I, I, everyone loves list. Cade Horton, I got to see at Oklahoma if he's being a two-way guy or not. Uh, Trey Dombrowski at Monmouth was a stat guy from the Cape. Tyler Nesbitt, we got more Florida names in here. How about Noah Dean, Old Dominion, some uh, some places you may not look. This is, like I said, this is just my initial list. Alex McFarland from Miami is another guy I'm kind of higher on, I feel like, than the field a little bit. Uh, but the point is, these are more like guys I'm talking about is, like, these aren't players, any of these guys I mentioned, that I was really, as I was putting this list together, the top 36, as it were, that uh, that I was really considering. These were not players in the 45 to 50 range. Like, maybe one or two, maybe would have snuck into the next few areas, but it's after those initial guys I've already talked about, there were not a lot of pitchers from the college group that I was really even considering for the top 50. It is a weak class. The top of it just got chopped off. Uh, we had to talk about it. We'll come back in the next segment, and you'll hear about the top two. Time to find out why it is that I'm going to go against what may be consensus. I actually don't know, but it feels like consensus, and go with the college guys ahead of the prep talent in this class. Let's go over to one of my favorite sponsors. Let's see what's happening at BuiltBar.com. By the way, I did get another order. I, uh, I'm making my way through, but it was impossible to pass on uh, when they had that great deal on the mini builds. I mean, 10 bucks a box, plus another 15% off. You can still get churros. Come on, people. I've talked about this churro puff is a top five flavor to me. 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, 6 grams of sugar. It's already on sale. And then you can take another 15% off. If you've ever been on the fence and marshmallow is your thing, I will say it's a puff, which means it's marshmallow-based. But it's just so good. Remember that promo code is LOCKDOWN15, BuiltBar.com. I have a Built Bar every single day. It has been a part of my life for two-plus years now. I do not get bored with it. It's always exciting to see what new flavor they are going to come up with and try. If you want to try Built Bar, and why haven't you tried it already, if you're into protein bars, go to BuiltBar.com, use that promo code LOCKED15, save 15%. And again, if you time it right, you can get double discounts, like right now on the Churro Puff. Go to BuiltBar.com today, use that promo code LOCKED15. Okay, let's get into this top two players. Before I do, I just I want to clarify, again, it's a good draft class, it's just a bad pitching class. The college pitching class is very weak. The high school pitching class is... Is better than last. Eh, it's about on par with last year, honestly. It's a pretty average class. The hitter class, both in terms of your college and prep, are phenomenal. It's a good class. It has some general weaknesses, but it is a good overall class. These two, two, these two, two. No, these two players at the top, I am huge fans of. Let's start with number two, Jace Jung. Yes, younger brother of Josh, better than his brother. You might say, but Josh was a top 10 pick. If you think back, that was a bit of a surprise pick. I'd have to go look at the money. I might pull that up as I'm uh, sitting here talking, but he was a, a draft and save. Like I liked Josh Jung. I was a high guy on him and I had him in the 20s. He wasn't, it wasn't an overdraft. We've talked about this before that when you draft a guy high and pay him under slot, you are essentially trading down. It's worked out great for Texas. Look what Josh did this past year. It's only 78 games, which is pretty phenomenal, and he has just hit. I mean, that's this guy's story his whole life is all he has done is hit. That was back, man, 2019. It was already that long ago that Josh uh, was drafted. Let's see. When he was, he got $4.4 million, so, I mean, he got close to slot. I guess I'm wrong in my assessment at the time, uh, but he was, it was a surprise. I remember getting my good buddy, uh, Terry Blake Ward, being like, it's going to be him. I'm like, Really? I, we had two bits of information. We were very confident. Josh Jung was going eight, and uh, Jackson Rutledge was going nine. 
Uh, as you know, Shane Langoliers went nine, so that was that was bad information. But I did have two very confident picks there. Uh, Josh was, you know, he was a average third baseman, but he just he always hit. Jace has it's one season, but he has hit better, you know, been a bigger force than his brother. Twenty one home runs last year, ten doubles. 49 walks to 45 strikeouts, so he struck out 17%, walked 18.5, 337 average, 471 on base, 697 slugging, a bat pip of 361. He spent some time at second base. I think he can stick there. There is some debate with that uh, in terms of will he have to move? You know, it, the arm probably isn't good enough for third, so if it's not second, it's like, is he left field? Is he first base? That's probably, I think, the biggest concern. His likely position. There's some debate. You know, can he stick at second? He doesn't really have the arm for third. If he had to move the outfield, he's a left field only. Is he a first baseman? Would he would he be hit for enough to be? I think he'd hit for enough even as a first baseman. I trust in it. It is a non-traditional approach uh, in terms of you know I when he goes up, it's not the prettiest uh, stance. Let's put it that way. Uh, you know, I saw I can't remember which side I was reading. They called him aggressive. I don't think he's aggressive. I don't think that's a good description of him. I Someone who walks more than they strike out, I don't view that as an overly aggressive approach. He's very smart in terms of the strike zone. He's a guy who does not get fooled. He's very good in you know pretty much all counts. Yeah, he'll strike out a decent amount, but 17% is not bad for a guy who had 21 home runs in college. So I'm not really concerned about that. I think he has you know, above average, I think he has plus on base skills. Like I said, I'm moving away from the idea of hit tool and just going on base skills. I think he has the ability to post above average to plus on base numbers with clearly above average home runs, uh, home runs, above average power. If you put that all at second base, I mean, could he be, uh, for instance, like Jason Kipnis in his prime? Like those prime years were not long. Jason Kipnis had like two really good prime years, maybe three, but could that be Jace Jung at kind of those peak? I think so. And that's why I have him here. It's, you know, he was highly productive. I mean, 20, anyone who hits over 20 home runs, that's a, a pretty big deal. That's a pretty solid amount in terms of production. Uh, if you're really, if you're really feeling it, you could say plus hit plus power. Um, I mean, I said plus on base plus power essentially. So it's not like, I guess that's not really feeling it, but yeah, you put that at second base, you can put that at first base, you can put that in the outfield. That's a highly productive player. Add in how productive his brother's been. And then my own little anecdotal thing that I need to prove. Uh, but I feel like younger brothers tend to outperform older brothers. Uh, we've seen the younger brother typically be the better brother over the past few years in Major League Baseball. Thinking about the Youngs, thinking about the Uptons, um, you know, and the like. I'm sure there's other examples. You can prove me wrong at a later point in time. But yeah, I I have Jace Jung uh, number two here just because up the middle player, the high level of production. Uh, we talked about everyone in this top grouping has pretty solid bloodlines. There's just a lot of things you look at that makes him feel safe, and you think that he's going to produce. And uh, yeah, I, it, he doesn't. He certainly doesn't have the ceiling of any of those top three prep players I talked about. And offensively, he's not you know Jacob Berry. But he has a chance to play a more valuable position, and he's safer than some of those other guys. So that's why I have him at two. I can understand why he's further down the board, maybe with others who value ceiling more, where I'm, you know, I'm a bit of a a floor fiend. Uh, It sounds awful, and I instantly regret saying that. But when it comes to draft picks, I feel like 
it's interesting because when I play a game like OOTP, I'm always drafting for ceiling and trying to just build up that system. But years of doing the draft in this format has made me kind of realize that early on, you kind of want to go safer. Now, you don't want to go too limited. I've discussed this before, that if a guy has, you know, a very thin profile, I think I call it, where it's, you know, there's a very a few things have to break exactly right. And if they hit just not enough or they don't walk enough, that they're not going to be successful. That worries me. When a guy has, you know, what we've seen here where he's got potentially plus on base and plus power, uh, he's just a lot safer. It's it's harder to find that safe bat later. That's why I prefer to go with the college guys. It's just, again, my personal POV uh, after 10 years of doing this stuff. We're going to take break two right here, come back, discuss the number one player in this year's draft class for me, an unconventional choice. And that sponsor is our good friends over at betonline.ag. BetOnline has been our sponsor for over a year now. And if you want to do some sports betting, they're your place. But hey, if you want to do Vega uh, Casino games, they're also your place. Things like roulette and poker, multi-hand blackjack. Uh, whatever your sport, you will find it over. They have race book as well and esports. Whatever it is you're into, you can find it over at betonline.ag. Uh, let's see, politics, tennis, soccer, martial arts, horse racing, golf, boxing, baseball, basketball, uh, I know during the right season, you can see things for like Aussie rules football. Again, whatever it is you're into, you will find it over here at betonline.ag, our official sportsbook po- sponsor. And remember that when you go there, you want to use the promo code to locked on. That is locked on to get your 50% bonus on your first deposit. Who doesn't want free money? Go to betonline.ag. Remember to use that promo code locked on to get your 50% bonus. So I know Brooks Lee is not the traditional top overall pick. But in fairness to me, one, I think he was my highest rated prep bat who didn't sign uh, from his class. He was a borderline first rounder as a high school player. Uh, He's currently 20. He'll turn 21 in February very soon here. But uh, he was everyone. It doesn't always happen this way. Like MJ Melendez, most of us thought he wasn't going to sign because his dad was the head coach at uh, FIU. And he did sign. He went to the Royals. But Brooks Lee wanted to go play for his dad at Cal Poly. And he went there as a big recruit for that program. And he mashed. He absolutely mashed. Now, a lot of people, he's a switch hitter. Always a bonus. A lot of people assume he's going to move off short. I am I think there's a chance he could stick there. I'm not 100% sold that he has to move off that position. Uh, if he does, it's pretty easy to project him as a third baseman because of the strength of his arm. I wanted to see if I could pull up his old perfect game data. Because a lot of that was also great. Like, he was a shortstop and a catcher. That gives you an idea of how strong his arm was. Uh, Boy, go look up his perfect game. Not to dig on him, but, I mean, he looks... For a high school kid, he looks very young in that picture. Uh, And then, you know, I just remember, yeah, like his barrel speed, 95th percentile in the class. Impact momentum, 97th. Max acceleration, 95th. Exit velocity, 77th. For a guy who was more known for the intangibles, he actually had some pretty good physical skills. And again, I think he has a chance to stick it short. I know some people think no chance at all. Let's talk about production last year. He basically didn't get to play as a freshman because the Big West didn't, uh, he didn't get into what he got two games uh, his freshman year before COVID shut everything down. Last year, he was a full time starter 27 doubles, 10 home runs, a 342 batting average, 411 on base, 626 slugging. A BAPIP of 371, walked 7%, struck out 13.6. Very, very high-level production while playing shortstop for them. Again, one can make the argument he's playing in the Big West. 
but he and he plays like the typical coach's son who's been in and around and brought up in the game and just has like a sixth sense about it uh you know he is the prototypical coach's son we have you know him and robert moore are the the players representing those two and if you're like well moore's doing it at arkansas why are you higher on lee lee just has a he's bigger better physical tools and then Lee's numbers this past year was a short time in the Cape, but you know he only hit over 400 in that stretch with a 432 on base and hit uh, six home runs as well during that time. So he was really good on the Cape. He was really good last year. Like I said, he was at least one of my five highest rated players who did not sign from his draft class. So I was already high on him when this whole process started. Again, the consensus knowledge is he's probably going to move off short i i think there's some Corey seager here let's put it that way could he be Corey seager light maybe a little less power i think that's not beyond the realm of possibility i i really like him if he was he's never there's no a zero chance he is available when the guardians pick but with his ball to bat skills he would be absolutely in their wheelhouse he is that scrappy type of guy they love now the difference between him and you know probably natural comp for some people would maybe think oh there's some ty freeman here and i see that i think he has more power potential than ty freeman i think that's that's the separator in terms of uh why he would be a higher rated prospect but there is that ball to bat skill at an elite level that is brooks lee and you know he he's just higher for you because i think there's a chance he sticks it short and the value of that position we know is is oh so high uh, he also just feels incredibly safe. This is a player who's been on the radar forever and seems to just get better and better, uh, has never disappointed. The cape was great for him because, again, uh, it's the same thing we talked about with Chase DeLauder. These guys are going to kind of get, I don't want to say forgotten, but uh, they'll be, no matter what they do, they're going to get dinged. Their value will go down. You can go back and look at Kyle Lewis, who, uh, you know, hopefully we can figure out that trade with the Mariners when everything comes back. But Kyle Lewis... Uh, the big knock on him entering his junior year was he didn't walk. You know, he was a free swinger. He struck out too much. And he worked at that and actually was much improved in both areas uh, and still went from, like, uh, you know, consensus top five player to being, like, the 11th or 12th guy taken in that class. Small school guys, it's always uh, so much of the draft is what have you done for me lately. It's always better to end hot than begin hot. Uh, we just see these shifts occur and for the small school guys who are not going to face the best competition down the stretch, it's going to be tough. And I also kind of wonder about some of the hitters in this class in general with the pitching being down, uh, we're going to lose a lot of those premium matchups. It's not as interesting in terms of the Friday nights this year. It's just not the top end pitching isn't there to really make you tune in. So yeah, I, you know, I'm going to be curious. I'm going to be seeing how this all shakes out, of course, because I can't help myself, but Lee, can he stay one? It's going to be hard. Honestly, it's going to be, uh, especially some other guys go out and just put up phenomenal numbers. You know, Brock Jones is one of those guys who I just feel like could end up flying up a board because, you know, the football player, uh, the production, the bigger conference and some of these other guys, he's a natural riser. Someone like Jacob Berry, who we talked about, where I think he's a first baseman and that dropped him on my board some, but if he just absolutely mashes uh, in the SEC, that's going to help him. And there's there's going to be an arm. There's going to be a hitter. There's going to be players who ascend that we aren't talking about right now. But that is my initial list. Let me know what you think. You can hit me up on Twitter. Let me know at Jeff MLB Draft. We did a top 36, right? We got our first 36 names out there. Uh, I just, out of curiosity, I pulled up um, 
the MLB list as I was sitting here because I noticed I have a little bit of time left. So who is the highest rated player on the MLB list that I did not put on my list? And I think, no, I, I did put Brock Porter on mine. So I got to go down further. Uh, there we go. Uh, Andrew Dutkanich, right-handed pitcher from uh, Indiana. Braybiff Jesuit, Indiana. Man, they have Daniel Susak down here at 24. Ooh, we do not agree there. But to each their own, as I like to say. It is the fun of this thing is finding a guy, sticking with a guy, and knowing who your guy is. I, I don't know if I necessarily have that guy this year that is my guy. I really have to dig in and see who's going to be the one that I'm going to be all in um, and pushing up boards higher than in most places. Uh, you know, Jared McKenzie was a guy I was really looking to, into with Baylor. Didn't have quite enough of what I was looking for. Um, blanking on the pitcher from Gonzaga, I kind of want to spend some time looking into as well. Uh, if you are curious, uh, in Ohio, I have not done my Ohio research because I don't live there anymore. Like, <laughs> no knock in Ohio. I'm always curious to see. But uh, just as I was quickly moving through this list, and I've been bemoaning the fact that the college baseball in Ohio is so much better last year and this year. The uh, highest-rated player I think I believe I saw from Ohio was Jacob Miller, a right-handed pitcher from Liberty, Ohio. Um, you know, I don't I don't have much on him. Uh, anything I would read would just be from someone else's bio. Louisville commit, so that is a good sign in terms of a pitcher. But I think that is, and I again, you uh, Ohio. You know, I was born and raised there. I don't know. I don't know where Liberty Union is. So hit me up on my Twitter at Jeff MLB Draft. Let me know where Liberty Union High School is. Uh, 6'2 right-hander, so a little undersized. I'm going to do some more research on him because I am intrigued with the Ohio guys, but now that I am in Wisconsin, uh, I pay more attention to that because those are the guys I actually get a chance to see. And if I'm being honest, the you know the Ohio baseball ranks have not paid off well in recent years, either in terms of the top-end guys going to school or the guys who have gotten drafted. We haven't had a success story in, in a while. I'm trying to think of the outfielder who the Cubs took. Um... The Reds took an outfielder a few years ago, but I mean, it's, he's still fresh, young, still still some growth potential there. Uh, this class right now, the early feel is it's it's a bat class. Uh, with the Guardians last year taking 19 out of 21 picks being uh, pitchers, can they do that this year? Everyone talks about the Angels drafting only pitching. Uh, the Guardians were almost as prolific as uh, the Angels were. And what's interesting is we know that that was the strength of that class. Last year's class was very deep in uh, college pitching in particular. Uh, we'll have to, once the season gets going, we'll dig some more. We'll see who fits that uh, Guardian's approach of strikeout per nine over 10, or hawk per nine at three or lower, while also looking at those guys who performed in the Cape. If I specifically mentioned a guy who was really good in the Cape, like DeLauder and uh, Lee recently, we have seen the Indians have put a lot, Indians, Guardians, there we go. There's at least my one per show. The Guardians have drafted, in the past few years, several guys who had down junior years but played well in the Cape. They like to be like the Washington Nationals and uh, look at the whole book of scouting. And sometimes they'll take a guy who's maybe a little bit down in terms of his value uh, where they believe in what they've seen and uh, what that player's done previously. So that is the end of our draft content for now. But college baseball is on the horizon. It is going to be starting very soon, and uh, I will be... I might bring back my old uh, Scout and uh, 24-7 article, the you know full count trends, and talk about who performed over the weekend. 
let me know. The last comment over on the uh, the iTunes was that someone who loved the draft content. So if you're loving the draft content, let me know. I'll bring more of it. If you want other stuff, let me know. I'll start diving back in the history. I rely on the fans to help the show, uh, help me track where it's going to go. Again, I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been the Lockdown Guardians podcast. Thank you for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen three days a week currently, but normally every day. And, uh, you know, go check out Lockdown Prospects. I've been talking with Lindsay a bit over there. Seems like a good guy who took over for ARM. Go check out his show. And as we end every show now, go, go, Guardians, go. <laughs>